Welcome to Leadership is in Session, powered by Athena Communications. This special series features some of Milwaukee's most distinguished leaders. They'll share how they overcame challenges, developed their skills, and achieved success, so you can gain insight and inspiration. And now, Leadership is in Session. Welcome, everybody. Today, we are back in the studio with Peggy Williams-Smith, who is the president and CEO of Visit Milwaukee, for another episode of the Athena Communications Masterclass, which we call Leadership in Session. So our goal for these episodes is to have in some of Milwaukee's best leaders to share with all of you, our valued listeners, lessons on how they do their work, what they've learned in their career, how they actionize important ideas and move them forward to advance the city that we love so much. Peggy, welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. We are so happy to have you today. And as I said, you are president and CEO of Visit Milwaukee, which dare I say, is one of the coolest jobs in the city. And you get to lead a fantastic team charged with marketing Greater Milwaukee as a top choice for business, for conventions, for leisure travel, to national and international visitors. What is this like? Well, I mean, it is an incredibly fortunate to have this job. I get to sell a city that I grew up in, that I love and that I love to talk about. My job is never the same. Any given day, I can wake up one morning and I might be talking to the former chief of staff to the president of the United States, or I could wake up the next day and I could be leading our team in a culture workshop internally. It's just, it's, it's exciting because there's never any monotony in my day. That's fantastic. And I'm sure your team would say the same thing, that you bring that passion and that energy. We know that to be true of you. But one of the most important things, though, is your work involves a lot of numbers. I mean, we're talking about the economic impact that Visit helps deliver each year. How does that happen? Talk to us about that. Well, we sell and market the city and there are different types of visitors that come to the city. There's day visitors. Those are the people who come in from the suburbs who may go to lunch, who may shop in our retails, in our retail shops, or even come in and see a show. Then we have overnight visitors and those are classified into leisure visitors, business travelers, as well as meetings and conventions. So I have a team of people who sells meetings and conventions. That is very measurable. We can specifically tell how many of those we book, how many leads are generated through our team, how many room nights, overnight room nights at a rate are generated, plus the incremental spend that they have. That's the easy part to measure of our job. But we also market our destination as a leisure destination. And that's a little harder to quantify. So it's done through the Wisconsin Department of Economic Development. And every year they put out numbers based on spend. In 2019, we set a record for the amount of economic impact in the city for the state of Wisconsin. And in 2021, we were only 11% behind where we were in 2019. So we are on the road to recovery. It's awesome. It's great for us. But we have taken a really inventive approach to how we market the city. We're not doing the things we used to do. We're much more verbose about how great our city is. It has been a long time that 
you know, we're often talked about as being quiet under the radar. People come to our city and say, oh, I just didn't realize how good it was. My goal at the end of my tenure with Visit Milwaukee is to never hear anyone say that again. We need to shout it from the rooftop because it does create economic impact. I had a boss who At one point, I was running a restaurant in Chicago as part of the portfolio of what I oversaw for my former company. And this boss said to me, Peggy, you know, if you say something often enough, people will believe it. I want you to tell everyone we have the best burger in Chicago. And you need to say it with confidence. You need to market us that way. And I'm going to tell you, six months later, we were named the best burger in Chicago. So whenever someone's talking to me, I'm just going to tell you we're the best city in the United States. We're the best city to live in. We're the best city to work in. We're the best city to visit. So I want to go back to two things you said, one of which was being verbose, right? There are lots of great things that we can say about Milwaukee. You just named some of them. What to you is the best thing? What are the words that you are using right now to describe this great city? I am fortunate that I get to be around people who love Milwaukee. You know, I used to think that I was Milwaukee's biggest fan. I get to meet Milwaukee's biggest fans every single day. And really what comes down to what differentiates us from anyone else is our people. It is 100% our people. We are authentic. We are friendly. We are welcoming. And we create memories when people come to visit. And I think that's why people like coming here. Don't get me wrong. We have an amazing lakefront. We have amazing parks. We have an incredible food scene. We have four chefs right now who are currently nominated. We have a restaurant that is nominated to be a James Beard Award finalist for best restaurant in the United States, not in the Midwest, in the United States. We have an incredible arts and culture scene. We just launched with partners, the Milwaukee Theater District, in which we talk about how many theaters, how many performances, how many jobs that creates, how many visitors it brings in. I could go on and on. And you can't ask me to name a favorite because that would be like naming a favorite child. I'm just (laughs) going to tell you I love everything that I talk about Milwaukee. And I can hear that reflected in your voice and your body language. You bring that passion. And you've done a lot of things in your career over the years. You went back, you referenced when you were working at a restaurant in Chicago. Will you share with our listeners how you have gotten to where you are today? Sure, sure. Well, I started my first actual job where I received a paycheck and didn't get paid cash for babysitting was at 15 years old with Arby's in Southridge Mall. Well, I I feel like that is the start of the hospitality career because that is hospitality. I loved making people happy. And then I went on to work at a country club and there I did weddings. And it was the title I ended up having at the end was banquet manager, thought that I didn't want to be in hospitality, that it was a nights and weekend business. So I decided to get out of it for approximately two months, was bored to death. And then I started working with Marcus Hotels and Resorts in 1997. And it was there that I learned what servant leadership was. Mm. I learned what it felt like to make someone's most important day even more special because I was able to know how important it was to them. Sometimes it was their most important day twice, but that's a different story (laughs) for a different time. 
And, you know, I spent the next 22 years with Marcus Hotels in varying positions. I started out as a wedding planner, moved into conventions, then a director role. Then I moved to the Fister, where I ended there as the assistant general manager. I went to work for Brynwood, which was now is the Wisconsin Country Club. I was there for two years. And then I went to the corporate office and there I held four or five different positions ending as a senior operations, senior VP of operations overseeing the safe house, which is a, if you're from Milwaukee, you may or may not known, opened in 1966, a spy themed restaurant and bar. And the goal was to grow that. I did get to open a second location, which is the restaurant I referenced in Chicago, where we were named Best Burger in 2017, next to Au Cheval. And anyone who's familiar with Chicago knows yes. Au Cheval has an amazing burger, and we were tied with them in Chicago Magazine. So I'm pretty proud of that. But throughout my career, I would say the one thing that I have always remembered is that any day something could change that you wouldn't have that job. I have never not woken up thinking that a job was owed to me or that I was going to keep that. And I think that that keeps you hungry. It keeps you on your toes. It makes sure that you're putting as much effort from day to day into the job that you have. And I think that's served me well throughout my career. Speaking of being on your toes, you have been part of a bipartisan group of business and civic leaders in the bid for Milwaukee to host the 2024 Republican National Convention. We're talking a huge deal, Peggy. This was after Milwaukee had landed the bid to host the 2020 Democratic National Convention, which, as we all know, had to be moved to a mostly virtual experience because of COVID. What has this experience been like for you? What is that like to do to convene this massive national event that will bring so much attention to this city? At times, overwhelming. I mean, it is just incredible the relationships that this has allowed me to make during this process. So I received the RFP in September of 2021. It came addressed to my predecessor and I received it and I put a call into the mayor's office because typically those types of RFPs go to the city as well as to the CVB. And the mayor was then Mayor Tom Barrett. And he immediately said, yes, we have to do this. We have to go after this event. We always said while planning for the DNC that we would welcome either party because it was going to create incredible amounts of economic impact, but also shine a light on Milwaukee and how great it is. So we were invited to go to Washington, D.C. to present in front of the Republican National Committee, which is about 168 people, but they have a site selection committee that narrows it down a little bit. And the mayor went with me as well as one of my board members, Gerard Randall, and we got to present. We went in. We didn't have gifts. This is my first time doing a presentation. Remember, I started in my job in November of 2019. I never got to do an official bid presentation because shortly after I started, the world shut down. So I had four of the city competitors who were in the waiting room with us. One was from Houston and he had bags for everyone. And I looked at Gerard and I said, oh my goodness, I screwed up. So when we walked in, I said, I know that you got your gifts from Houston. Ours were too big for me to bring on the plane. You'll be getting them afterwards. <laughs> Nice move. <laughs> I thought it was a pretty nice move as well. So that presentation went well. We were invited to 
make it to the top four, invited to do a presentation in Salt Lake City in January of 2022. The amount of leaders in our community that stepped up and said, we will support this bid, even knowing that they didn't agree with the politics, was overwhelming. I think we had over 30 people who came to Salt Lake City with us who just wanted to make sure that they were able to showcase to these committee members why they needed to choose Milwaukee. I had Paul Bartolotta. I had Jim Cantor. I had Omar Sheck. I had Dr. Eve Hall, Don Smiley, Ted Kellner, James Berry. I could go on and on. It was amazing. And I think what we were able to do, we got to throw a huge party. David Caruso did it and we knocked it out of the park. And it was my team who put together the presentation, David, who showcased what Milwaukee has to offer through food and beverage, through the event. It was just amazing. Immediately when the new leadership came in, meaning when Cavalier Johnson became mayor, he was also supportive as common council president, but really came into play when he became the interim mayor, when Tom Barrett was um, made the ambassador to Luxembourg. I can't emphasize how important this new leadership of our city is to the future success of our city and what they did for this bid. County Executive David Crowley, Common Council President Jose Perez, and Cavalier Johnson, they were warm. They were welcoming. They never once minced words that they were not Republicans, that they were Democrats, but that they knew how important this was and that we would roll out that red carpet. And that was amazing. Because we see all of the strife that you see in the news about the divisiveness of politics. And this was people talking to people about how people can make each other's jobs easier. And I just thought it was wonderful. Our last presentation was in D.C. Again, we brought out a group of people, including the mayor and the county exec and Senator Ron Johnson. And we sat in a room and I just looked And I couldn't even take out my phone. I'm like, I'm sitting here with the senator, one of our senators, our mayor, our county executive, city leaders from around the county and the region. And we're all here together for one purpose. And that's to shine a light on Milwaukee. So it was, it's been an incredible experience. Um, now the hard work begins and that's actually shining the light on Milwaukee and hoping that this allows us to create more economic impact, more opportunity that will then allow us to fix some of the things that we still need to fix. So speaking of that economic impact, what are a few ways, if you, if you can share with our listeners, how you'll make that happen as you are planning for this massive event? Well, it starts with, I mean, there's going to be 15,000 people, 15,000 journalists, 50,000 people here. They're going to stay in hotels. They're going to shop in our stores. They're going to take planes into our airport. They're going to rent cars. They're going to need transportation that's provided for them. They're going to use our bubbler bikes. Everything that we do living here, they're going to do, but there's going to be more of them. So it's making sure that we're prepared as a city to handle the busiest five straight days that we've probably seen in quite some time. I mean, we handle big events all the time. Ryder Cup was huge for our city. I cannot overestimate how important Ryder Cup was for our city. And this is just that there'll be 15,000 credentialed journalists who will all be here. And there's going to be more to talk about than George DeSantis or Donald Trump. They're going to talk about 
our neighborhoods, the stories of Milwaukeeans, what Milwaukeeans did to prepare for this. They'll put Milwaukee on a national spotlight that unfortunately we did not get to take advantage of in 2020. Yeah, that's great. I think all of us are experiencing that pinch me moment of, wow, we have a lot to showcase. Certainly, there is a lot of work in Milwaukee, of which we are all aware. But I'm hopeful that we are able to showcase again, as you've said, all of the wonderful things that this city does have. And it's the lake, it's the people, it's the belief in how important the community is to all of us. So thank you for leading that. Also, it's really awesome to have that that peek behind how it really comes to be, because I know it's not just as simple as getting people in a room and talking. There's so much prep work that goes into that. We had a moment when the site selection committee came to Milwaukee in February of 2022. And we had a reception where we invited a lot of leaders from across both aisles just to talk about Milwaukee. And then we went to dinner at Lake Park Bistro and Chef Paul Bartolotta got up and spoke. And he talked about when you come to Milwaukee, it's not what you take away with you. It's what you leave with is how we made you feel. And I think that that was a really watershed moment in the bid process and followed by Chevy Mayor Johnson getting up and talking about why he got into politics when he was a young boy and 911, he remembers those specific moments and how George Bush brought the nation together. And even though he's not a Republican, he remembers what he did in that moment to make sure that we all came together. And it was just a really, it was an amazing thing to be a part of. Yeah, I, th- I think we can all, it goes without saying, and we'll say it again, we'll, we'll shout it uh, from the rooftops, but certainly as, as you lifted, we are really lucky and fortunate to have such fantastic leaders in this city because they are truly phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit, Peggy, about your work in the equity space. How is Visit committed to taking action? Well, we think it's so important that Milwaukee is a place for everyone. And we had some work to do when I started with the organization in order to do that. We are a partner organization. So as you can imagine, I think there's something like 28,000 businesses in the city of Milwaukee. And we represent really the county of Milwaukee. So that number grows. So in order to make sure that we can be specific in what we're specifically marketing besides the overall feel and greatness that Milwaukee and the region has to offer, being a partner-based business allows us to then focus in on some of those businesses. When we got here, we did not have a lot of diverse businesses represented within our partnership base. And that was pretty evident. When I got my first angry call from someone who just got our map, and we do an official map every year, and on the map, the key was over the north part of the city. Hmm. And the lake on the right-hand side of the map was completely empty. And she explained to me that what were we doing? And I went back to my team and I said, tell me the process for this. Tell me what we do. Explain to me how we make sure that we're representing the whole city. And it became evident that we were trying. There was definitely an effort. There were five, because it's a pay to play thing on our map. You pay to be a part of it. And we were giving away five free map spaces to diverse owned businesses. And I said, so how many businesses do we have on the map that have paid? 
count was like 150. I said, so we've given away five. So it was just eye-opening. So I challenged the team and, you know, the team is an amazing team and they want to represent the entire city. They just needed to be able to be given the reins to do so. And I said, we need to find a way to engage more businesses on the north side, on the south side, not just downtown. How do we expand our reach beyond the traditional tourism zones that people typically go to? Because when we look to attract diverse travelers and for all the good reasons, but also for all the good reasons because we want to be inclusive, but also because they spend money. We want them to come here. If we can't provide an experience that's authentic for them, then they're not going to come. And we can't do that if we're not representing businesses that are authentic to diverse markets. So the team really, really worked hard. And I I will tell you that we are at 20% diverse businesses of our total partnership base. And we're at the highest number of partners that we've ever had in our recent history at 850. So, you know, it's engaging in ways that we haven't before and making sure that we're highlighting those areas, those businesses that may not typically be highlighted for a convention, but we can certainly make sure they know about them if they get a day or a time where they can go out and visit and then measuring it. You know, we we measure where our visitors go. We have a database or we use a company to measure the points of interest when visitors come into town and where they go. And consistently in the top five is the Bronzeville neighborhood. So we feel as though the promotion that we are doing is helping to create tourism in those areas. I'm so glad you mentioned Bronzeville because I did want to ask you about that New York Times piece mm-hmm. that spotlighted Bronzeville as a place to go in the world, right? I mean, how did that come to be? What was that like? So, well, I have a phenomenal communications director in Claire Caney. I have a phenomenal team, but Claire has really focused in on making sure that she is pitching diverse stories. She's bringing in diverse influencers. I do want to say that in 2022, 33% of the journalists and influencers we hosted were people of color, LGBTQ+, or differently abled. And that was very intentional to make sure that we were showcasing all of Milwaukee. So during that, when we're showcasing what Milwaukee has to offer and we're bringing journalists in... Sometimes it takes weeks, months, years for a story to come to fruition after a journalist has been here. But I think with this particular journalist, they sent them there, they loved what they saw, and they wanted to write about it. So it's really making sure that our team knows the right people and places to take journalists and influencers to make sure that they then get written about. I love that. So for those of you who have not checked that out, make sure to do so. It's a fantastic piece and kudos to Claire and, and your entire team on working to make that happen because it was, it was really, I would say, captured all that there is to see in Bronzeville. So amazing. And speaking of, of parts of this city, people who don't know Milwaukee, what should people who don't live here or who have never been here know? that we know and why the city is so great? Well, first of all, I can't tell you how many times I've heard from someone who's coming in for a site visit. You're not on a coast. I'm confused. Lake Michigan, we are the freshwater capital of the world. And we have this amazing lake with amazing beaches that are open and free to the public. Unlike most places, we can actually surf 
on Lake Michigan. We have a new commercial that's coming out to a new TV show that we're doing to promote the city in markets outside of Milwaukee. And part of the commercial to attract people to live here shows a surfer in Lake Michigan. Who would have thought that? We were talking to a group of people via a chat during a Zoom meeting with a magazine called Black Meetings and Tourism. And one of the people was bantering back and forth with my VP of marketing, Josh Albrecht. And he said, well, why don't you bring some people here? And she said, I only go to places with beaches. And he's like, oh, challenge accepted and sent her a picture of our beach. She's like, that's not Milwaukee. It turned into a fam tour with 19 black meeting planners last summer who came here, who got to experience a Brewers game. They got to experience Bronzeville, America's Black Holocaust Museum. They also got to go and see our amazing theaters. They got to go to Third Street Market Hall and they got to have a picnic on the beach. So I think that's surprising when people get here. The amount of outdoor activities that are so close to an urban area that allow you to get the best of both worlds. I think that's something, as I mentioned earlier, the food scene, I think people are really shocked to know how amazing our culinary scene is and that it's not just beer and cheese. We love beer and cheese and we always want to highlight and be true to our roots, but we have so much more than beer and cheese. We're actually in the process of touring a major national culinary show a few months ago and I was able to go to this amazing dinner with four of the five 2021 James Beard Award nominated chefs and have food that you'd have been blown away. The people who were there were like, oh my goodness, this is just, this is, I can't believe this is Milwaukee. So we are constantly, constantly uncovering things that people find amazing about Milwaukee when we talk to them. I think it it shows that sometimes we have been a little modest, right? It's time to (laughs) lean in, uh, showcase to the world. And and certainly we do have that opportunity uh, in 2024 with the upcoming convention, among other things. But to take it back to you, Peggy, personally, if you can leave our listeners with a little advice about what life lesson should they not just be afraid of, but what should they embrace if they're looking to grow as a person and a professional? Never put a limit on your potential. I started as a bartender and a waitress. Then I worked my way through hospitality. And I'm now the CEO of an organization that gets to sell the city. I get to be on stages around the country talking about how amazing Milwaukee is. And I think that you look at Milwaukee the same way. If we would have put a cap on our potential, we would be so far behind where we are now. So I think it's it's really just never put a limit on the potential. And then the other thing I would say is always be kind. There's enough divisiveness in this world. There's enough anger. There's enough meanness that it doesn't take anything to be kind. It doesn't th- take anything to say something nice to someone as you walk away. It doesn't take anything to smile instead of to scowl. Just be kind to people. I love that. I appreciate you closing with that. I think it is so important. Uh, so listeners, we have heard today from Peggy Williams-Smith, who is talking to us about economic impact through hospitality, but she also shared so much more. So Peggy, I want to say thank you. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Leadership is in Session, powered by Athena Communications. Be sure to catch all eight enlightening episodes. 
And don't forget to connect to On the Edge of Equity with Tammy Belton Davis. Available wherever you get your podcasts.